In this podcast, I'm going to discuss operant conditioning, which is part of the learning theories chapter in an introductory to psychology course. And a little bit of history, the basic idea behind operant conditioning actually was uh, evolved from the law of effect that was pioneered by Edward Thorndike. And his basic idea is that every behavior that we do is followed by consequences. And if that consequence is satisfying or pleasant to us, then we'll likely to repeat that behavior. And that any kind of action that's followed by an unpleasant consequence will less likely to be repeated. Okay, So I don't want to focus too much on the terms pleasant and unpleasant because that's a bit subjective. Right? To each person, something might be pleasant. To someone, to someone else, that same item may not be pleasant or unpleasant. Okay, uh, So let me review the term stimulus. We'll use this quite a bit. A stimulus is just anything in our environment that our senses can pick up. Anything that we can see, hear, touch, smell, etc. Okay? And those in plural, that would be stimuli. So there are a lot of environmental stimuli around us. Now... Whenever we have an action, it's usually followed by some sort of stimulus, okay? a consequence. Now, I want you to think of this mathematically like an equation. You have the action followed by a consequence. And then what you can do is draw an arrow from that consequence back to the action and include a plus sign or a minus sign. Does this consequence reduce the behavior? Does this consequence increase the behavior or make it more likely to be repeated? Okay? So this concept alone can really help an everyday person examine behavior in a different way. Okay? Operant conditioning is under the umbrella of behaviorism, and behaviorists believe that anything inside the mind is too unscientific to measure, so that we can only measure what's outside of the mind, and those are things that we're doing, visible actions, actions that we can see, visible consequences of that action, and then just monitor the behavior. Does it continue or does it stop? It's a fairly simple mathematical, seemingly more scientific way, objective way of measuring behavior. So we really don't have to, as behaviorists, ask the question, why? Why did that person do that? All you have to do is look at how this person continues to do this because of this consequence, okay? And, or this child discontinued that behavior because of that consequence, okay? So that's, the, that's called the law of effect. Now, B.F. Skinner took this idea and started testing it with scientific experiments to see how, first of all, animals would learn using operant conditioning, okay? And he would put them inside a little box that he nicknamed the Skinner box, okay? And would present stimuli uh, as a reward for certain actions, okay? Now, when you think about training a pet, obviously they don't understand your language, spoken language, so how would you ever teach them to do a particular trick? Well, what you do is you provide a reward, such as a small treat after the pet has performed that action, right? So with a pigeon in a box, Skinner, 
obviously could not direct the pigeon to do something very specific, but if there was a specific action he wanted to reinforce or to reward, so reinforcement is a term used in operant conditioning, then he would produce that food pellet after the pigeon perhaps accidentally uh, touched up maybe a circle on the wall of that box, right? So, and once that happens a second time, an immediate food reward would appear. And lo and behold, after a few times of doing that, every time the pigeon is placed in that box, it goes straight to that red circle and pecks it with their beak to get food. Okay, so that's an example of operant conditioning at work. So let's define what these consequences are of our behavior. One category of consequences are called reinforcements. Now again, a lot of people, everyday people, have heard of the term positive reinforcement. And those everyday people would think that means a reward, something nice, something pleasant. I'm going to tell you now that that's not always what it means. I don't want you to associate the word reinforcement with reward. What I want you to do is to think of reinforcements as a plus sign, addition. So this is a kind of consequence that produces the effect of increasing or continuing the behavior. That's a reinforcement. Don't get too lured by what that reinforcement happens to be. That's not how you define what is a positive reinforcement. Okay, It's what effect does that reinforcement have. Now let's break down two kinds of reinforcement. One's called positive, one's called negative. I want you to think mathematically. A positive reinforcement is a positive sign. Now what this means is that something was given or added, presented to this individual or animal that produces the effect of increasing the behavior. So the positive reinforcement, the word positive, doesn't just mean that the, the behavior will continue. That's what the word reinforcement is. Okay, reinforcement has a plus sign next to it as well. Positive just means that a stimulus was provided. Okay, so in our everyday lives, let's use going to work as your behavior. Assuming that you keep going to work Monday through Friday or whatever your work schedule is means that there must be a consequence that follows your work that produces the effect of a reinforcement that makes you continue to work. So according to Skinner, there is no action that we continue to do that is not reinforced. Okay, it's a mathematical equa equation. If our behavior is represented by any number, once a year, once a month, daily, right? A positive number, meaning that it's something that we do, more than zero. Then on the other side of the equal sign, there must be a consequence. There must be something reinforcing that behavior. All of our behaviors need to be fed, right? So think of our behavior as like a creature. You have to feed the creature. You have to provide it reinforcements. Otherwise, that behavior will starve and will disappear. Okay. So when we go to work, we get a paycheck. What happens when your employer stops giving you a paycheck? Would you still go to work voluntarily without a paycheck? No, probably not. Sometimes while you're working, you get a bonus, maybe at holiday time. Or maybe it's just a positive work environment, maybe verbal praise. You get paid pretty well. You get verbal praise, positive reinforcement from your boss. It's something that's provided to you, right? Positive, not positive as in good, but positive as in it's provided to you. Then, oh, I'm going to work even harder, even though I have an existing paycheck. Okay, That's why some people will not work just because of the pay. 
the work environment is so bad, then that's not reinforcing. Then I will discontinue my action of work. Now, what about the behavior of piercing? Right? Now, I'm not going to make a negative judgment about the action, just talking about the behavior. Let's say you have a teenager experimenting and wants to pierce. They come home with an earring. Maybe the mom says, why did you get an earring? You're too young to be doing that. Okay? Maybe they got scolded. But to, so that was intended as a punishment. That's the other category of consequence. Punishment is something that has the effect of reducing behavior. So let's say a parent yells at their teenager, don't pierce anything anymore. You're grounded or whatever, right? Those are attempts at punishment, all that yelling. But yet, a week later, the teenager comes back with a nose ring, a belly button ring. They're increasing their behavior. How did that happen? That doesn't make sense. Why would a punishment keep increasing the behavior? Because yelling at the teenager was not punishment. Yelling at the teenager turns into a positive reinforcer, right? So this is an example where the word positive doesn't mean pleasant. It's normally unpleasant, but perhaps that kind of attention is what the teenager is looking for. What we normally would think of as negative attention, unpleasant attention, being stared at, right? To a lot of people, that's punishing. To some that are trying to stand out, to individuate themselves, maybe that's rewarding. So, again, don't just look at the consequence of being yelled at by mom or dad. Okay, If you just look at that, you can't tell if it's a reinforcement or a punishment. You have to see what happened to the behavior of piercing. If one teenager stopped piercing, then yes, that yelling was intended as a punishment. It worked as a punishment. But if being yelled at by a parent made that person go get more piercings, then the yelling consequence was actually a positive reinforcement. Now the other category of reinforcement, the other type, is called negative. This is where we take away a stimulus, right? That increases the behavior. <clears throat> a lot of people confuse, a lot of students confuse the term negative reinforcement with punishment. They hear the word negative and it must mean that, oh, something bad happened, I went to jail, and I'm no longer committing crimes. No. The word reinforcement still applies. A person is continuing their behavior, but through a different way. Instead of something being provided, like positive reinforcement, something was taken away. Something valuable was taken away. So an example would be the action of using an umbrella. Well, what did that do? Well, that prevented you from the unpleasantness of getting wet from the rain, right? Something unpleasant was taken away, getting wet. So the next time it rains, you repeat the behavior of opening the umbrella. That's reinforced. Now, if your umbrella has lots of holes in it and you still get wet, what happens? You don't get the consequence you need. That's not reinforcing, so you will discontinue the use of that broken umbrella, right? So the bottom line is we do what works for us, okay? And for each person, that might be different. A, a young child faking an illness to get out of school, right? To avoid school. So avoiding school is the consequence they want. If a parent says, oh, okay, you know, Jimmy, you can stay home. And Jimmy's thinking, oh, my faking illness worked. I avoided school. Okay, that's where the negative comes in. Something was avoided or taken away. That was school. That's a good consequence. Is it likely this kid will repeat and try it again? Some other time by faking illness? Yes, it's an almost guarantee that they will. Or maybe you're, you have the pattern of doing chores right after dinner 
doing the dishes because you don't really want your mom or dad to yell at you, right? To nag at you for doing the dishes. So if you do that every time, or most of the time, it's a repetitive behavior, that's a reinforcement. But you weren't provided anything. You did something to prevent something from happening. Something negative was taken away, right? Or unpleasant, rather. So subtracted. And that would be the unpleasantness of being yelled at. Okay? All right, so those are examples of negative reinforcement, positive reinforcement. The bottom line is they're both reinforcements. Let's talk about punishments. This, has, this is a consequence that has the effect of reducing or stopping one's behavior. Okay? So if you think of, uh, and this also comes in positive and negative, right? Positive punishment is something that's provided. Think of a plus sign, spanking a child, then they no longer misbehave, right? So spanking was a stimulus that's provided to the child. They no longer continue that behavior, so it re decreased it, so it has the consequence of being a punishment, right? Scolding, criticism, or in our everyday life, pain or injury, okay? Maybe you went running with the wrong kind of shoes and you came back with an ankle injury, right? Are you going to continue wearing those shoes that aren't meant for running? Probably not. So that injury served as a positive punishment, something you received. You received pain from that behavior and you decrease that behavior. Now, a negative punishment is where something uh, is taken away, okay? Something valuable was taken away from you. Now, earlier I may have used that phrase, something valuable is taken away from you as a negative reinforcement. I, I misspoke. That really wasn't it, okay? A negative reinforcement is where you take an action to prevent something unpleasant from happening, okay? And it worked, and you repeat it. A negative punishment means that something you want is taken away, whereas a negative punishment uh, something valuable taken away. So for example, if you kept a library book too long, you got fined, and then you took it back. So it decreased your behavior of keeping a book too long, right? The fine, you lost money. Something valuable was removed. Paying a traffic ticket changes your driving behavior. You speed less, right? These are all acts of punishment. Going to jail is taking away something valuable, your freedom of movement, okay? your freedom in general. And will that decrease your criminal behavior? Well, of course, being in jail would, but once you're done with your jail sentence, would that decrease? Possibly, and if it does, then that negative punishment uh, worked. So just to remember that the consequences are not always phrased in terms of pleasant or unpleasant. But think of it again mathematically. Does this consequence, if you're given a random example on a test, does the consequences in this example produce the effect of repeating a behavior, strengthening the behavior, or does it have the effect of reducing the behavior? So it has to have the intended effect to give that label of reinforcement or punishment. Okay, Don't judge it by what that consequence is because that may have a different effect on different people. Okay, so that's a brief discussion of how operant conditioning works and this is the most basic explanation of it. It can get, there are a lot more components to it, it can get very complicated, but, um, but this is in its most raw 
and fundamental form. Okay, this is Dr. C. I'll talk to you soon. Hey there, thanks for listening to this podcast today. Can you do me a big favor? Um, Just so that this podcast gets heard by more students of psychology and other people interested in the field, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and put a little rating there if you like and uh, a brief uh, review, okay? And you can also contact me directly using the links in the description, whether it's Twitter or email, with any suggestions or feedback that you may have to make the show better. And uh, if there are any topics you want me to talk about, I can add them. And if you want to support me by buying me a coffee, the methods are listed in the description as well. Again, thanks and have a great day.